<laughs> What's up, everybody? It's the Sandman coming at ya. That's right. I'm here doing the opening for Clear Tinted Classics. And why is that? It's because Jake is covering another one of my shows. Why do I kind of sound like Mitch Hedberg all of a sudden? <laughs> I don't know, Adam. I think that's a you problem, not a me problem. Definitely not my uh, impression of you going to complete shit. Definitely not that. So we don't have to worry about that. I don't think. Uh, I think it's you. Oh, that's terrible. How's <laughs> come I, I sound like I do in Billy Madison? That's not really how I sound all the time. You know, I don't know, Adam. <laughs> but yeah, uh, I'm covering another one of your movies, The Wedding Singer. It's exciting. It's one of the few ones that I've kind of missed over the years. And I'm excited. I finally, you know, did it after all this time. I finally saw it. I mean, you're one of my favorite actors of all time, I guess, full stop. And it's fun seeing you be young and charming and in love and stuff. And you and Drew Barrymore, you guys have such good chemistry. Uh, did you guys ever like think about Dane? Oh, no. Drew's, Drew's just a really good friend of mine. Um, you know, we, we got good chemistry together, but that's just because, you know, we get along really well. I don't know. Like literally the first time you see her in the movie, I was like, holy shit, these guys have great chemistry. And, and I mean, yeah, that's just kind of what I thought. I, that's very lovely to say. I, I like to think it's because I'm actually a good actor, even though a lot of people don't think I am. Uh, but I, I am, I tell them I am all the time. You know, I say, watch my movies. <laughs> all right. All right. Uh, I don't know where I'm going with this bit, Adam. I don't know either. You're, you're the one that's in control. Well, you you fucking opened the show. You I'm supposed to open, and and you jumped in instead. I'm sorry. I'm sorry. I, I shouldn't have done that. It was it was my bad. I just like coming and being in the intro of your show when you cover my movies. And you know what, Adam? I I appreciate that. I I loved it. You know. I'm excited. I'm gonna give it a pretty good rating. I think not to spoil it. Right here at the top of the show, we're gonna go through it beat by beat. Uh, I know you're just here for the intro, so I just want to say, like, really, really good job singing. I know you sing a lot, but I, I really think this movie showed off your talents. Oh, thank you. Thank you. Uh, you know, I, I actually, you know, I, I do a lot of the comedy songs, but I, I work on my voice, too. It's, 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 it's a passion of mine. I, I like singing, and it was fun to do a movie where I really got to show that off. I mean, you definitely showed it off. I, 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 I'm not going to lie. I've seen your stand-up special, and there's that song that you do. And I, I was kind of tearing up a little bit. Oh, right. The, the somebody kill me, please. Somebody kill me, please. That one? Is that the one you're talking about? No, that's not the one I was talking about. I was talking about the I Want to Grow Old With You song uh, that you do at the end of your special. And you dedicate it to your wife. And you sing it to Drew Barrymore in this movie. I was like, oh, this is so sweet. I... I was having a double memory of you singing it, and it's, it got me, okay? You kind of ruined it by doing the Somebody Kill Me Please song. <laughs> so, yeah. Well, I'm I'm sorry about that. So, would you do you want me to go now, or, or what are we doing here? I think this intro is like three fucking minutes long. I think we should, I think we should wrap it up. Okay, okay. Are you you're not going to do my voice for the rest of the show? What do you mean, am I going to do your voice for the rest of the show? You're here in the studio with me. If if you wanna if you wanna believe that, buddy, you can you can believe that. I, I guess I'll I guess I'll go now. All right, Adam. Thank you. Uh, where where are we at in this insane bit? <laughs> this is the part where I say that's right for the very first time ever. I watched the wedding singer. Fucking kill me. <laughs> <laughs> What is up, everybody? Welcome to Clear Attention Classics, the show where I, your host, Jake Ryan Baker, watch classic movies for the very first time and give my nostalgia-free opinions on them. Today is a very not special episode. It's kind of a special episode. I'm covering an Adam Sandler movie. That's a cause for celebration, I think. But it's, it is just me. <laughs> I watched an Adam Sandler movie, and now I'm going to talk about it. You uh, are hearing this after getting through my long, rambling four-minute intro where I did my best to impersonate Adam Sandler. I swear I used to be able to do him better, but it just sounds like I'm doing Billy Madison. Okay, stay here. Stay as long as you can. For the love of God. <laughs> and I couldn't do his singing either. Somebody kill me, please. He can scream. I think, I think Adam Sandler underrated, uh, if you're making a top 20 list of like best screamers in film, not like scream queens or anything like that 
but just like people who yell. I'm, I'm, I think Adams, I think Adams making that list. You got him and like Al Pacino. There's like a moment in this movie where I could see him getting worked up and I knew he was going to do the, well, that would have been good to know yesterday. Uh, <laughs> that was a little Al Pacino. I don't know why that came out like that, uh, but you just, you, you need, you know, he's got to yell at some point. Uh, you, you, you come for it, you expect it. And he fucking delivers, uh, even in a performance like this, where he's like a much more shy, reserved guy. He's still, he's he's just, he's always got that anger bubbling underneath him. Uh, but these are the kind of characters that I love that he plays. Like, I, I think this happy Gilmore punch drunk love, very lovable guys, but there's just a little bit of darkness bubbling underneath in those eyes. And you can just see it, and it just comes out sometimes. And I, I don't know. I mean, it's it's like oh, he's just yeah, when he's in that mode. There's just no one better at it. I don't think. I don't know. I love Adam Sandler. This movie was just like a really good reconfirmation that I I fucking love Adam Sandler. I'm so happy that he's just continued to be really cool and awesome, and probably one of the better public figures that we have at this point. I'm sure. If I got into a political conversation with him, I don't know, I don't know where that lies for him. But he just seems like a really nice, down to earth guy, pretty unproblematic as far as I can tell. It's just, it's nice to have a guy that I've loved since I was a child continue to not suck, <laughs> and he's even still making good movies. We have stuff like Uncut Gems, and I haven't seen it. I need to, but like that Hustle movie is supposed to be pretty good. I don't know. It's like I, I've gotten to the point on TikTok where it knows I like Adam Sandler, so I get little Adam Sandler clips sometimes. I saw one recently where I guess Drew Barrymore must have a show now or something. She was interviewing him, and I was just like, damn, their chemistry is like really good. There's a reason they've done a few movies together for sure, but he's got good chemistry with everybody. It's probably just because he's awesome. Like, why wouldn't you have chemistry with them? <laughs> I don't know. Adam Sandler's like a, I mean, he's a great looking guy, obviously, but it's a testament to like how much personality and being funny really does go a long way to endearing you to people. Like you can just tell everyone in the cat. It's not just like, Oh, the women have good chemistry with them. It's like everybody has good chemistry with them. All his pals and all of his movies, you just feel like they like him and you feel like he cares about them. I don't know. It's just, I don't know. Adam Sandler. I, I, I know he's like one of the most famous people in the world, but kind of kind of underrated, <laughs> kind of underrated. <laughs> but yeah, the the subject of today's conversation, podcast episode, whatever you want to call it, we we're looking at the wedding singer. This is actually don't get me wrong, I've definitely seen little chunks of the movie here and there, and it's also it's a pretty formulaic movie. There's moments where I was doing my notes and I would just literally write ahead of time what was about to happen because I just knew what was about to happen. It's, it's not, it's not the most like dense, clever, twisty movie you've ever seen, but you know what? Sometimes, sometimes that's okay. Sometimes it's nice to just have a nice movie where two characters have good chemistry and yeah, would I have liked to dive a little bit deeper into both of them and who they were as people and what it was that they loved so much about each other? Yes. And will that affect my score a little bit? Yes. I had a really good time watching the movie and it's nice to finally check this one off the list. It's one of my big elusive, like, Oh man, this is a pretty popular movie that Adam Sandler's done. And I actually haven't seen it yet. I think at this point, like let's, let's, let's run it down here real quick. I've got him right here. So as far as like movies he's done that are pretty, I wouldn't even say well-regarded, just I guess popular for lack of a better term. I have Letterbox pulled up here, and I'll, I'm going to say the ones that I haven't seen. Uh, we have Hustle, like I mentioned. I haven't seen that one yet. I haven't watched the Hotel Transylvania movies, but I'm not really counting those. Um, I didn't see Hubie Halloween either. It just didn't really look intriguing to me, so I hadn't gotten around to that one. But really, for me, as far as his oeuvre goes, to use a, use a 50 cent word on you guys, Hustle's really well regarded. I need to get around to it. And I just had another one on the tip of my tongue. I guess I was thinking of Airheads because that's one of the really early ones. Plus, it's got Brendan Fraser in it. So I'll have to get around to Airheads eventually just to sort of check it off the list. 
I think the only other one that I'm really like, I guess I should probably watch is Rain Over Me. Because I think that's one of his more serious ones that I've never seen. But it just, God, it doesn't look fun. I think it's like a really depressing, I'm looking at the, looking at it right now, it's like a really depressing 9-11 movie. <laughs> it's like, yeah, I'm in a rush to see that one. Uh, but other than that, I mean, it's like, I've seen pretty much everything else that he's done that's like either well-regarded or, I didn't see The Cobbler, but I heard that movie fucking sucks, so I, I, never, I never got around to that one. <laughs> but yeah, Airheads and Rain Over Me, I guess, and, and Hustle. Pretty much seen everything else. I I mean, he's the man. He's the Sam man. You can't deny the Sam man. You gotta see the movies. Uh, I mean, I guess I didn't watch Ridiculous 6. I don't know. But I'm not gonna watch Ridiculous 6. That would be ridiculous. <laughs> I, I will say, right off the bat, with The Wedding Singer, and I realized why this was the case, I, I thought that this was a movie that was filmed in the 80s. I thought this was an 80s movie. I thought The Wedding... I've always in my head had The Wedding Singer as like one of his earliest, early movies. Like he did... There's like a second or third movie he did was like The Wedding Singer. And I... Because I, I just always thought it was a late 80s movie. And then he eventually did Billy Madison and Happy Gilmore and all the rest of his stuff. But I was like looking it up on his IMDb and I was like scrolling and I get to The Wedding Singer 1998. I was like, what the fuck? Uh... I didn't realize how, I, I wouldn't say recent, but I didn't realize where this film was in his like career, I suppose. Uh, and, and I realized the confusion was because for some reason, for no real reason, it's set in the 80s. I, I can't really explain why it is other than maybe it's like the music they wanted to use. There's, there's no canonical reason why it had to be an 80s movie and not a 90s movie other than like one shitty joke where this lady's like listing off couples that worked out uh, that we we now know didn't work out but yeah it's it's a little confusing that it's it's just set in the 80s for some reason <laughs> so i think that was part of the confusion and i mean he looks really young in the movie there's something about the hairstyle that he has that just he just doesn't he, he looks young and scrappy like a young 20 something I feel like he looks older in Happy Gilmore than he does in this movie, and it's I think it's all just the hair. <laughs> but I, knowing it was a little later in his career, it makes more sense that we're seeing a lot of uh, the same players that we'll see in a lot of his movies. With just you know, Adam Sandler's pretty famous for putting a lot of his friends in a lot of his movies. We have Alan Covert, who I love because I love Grandma's Boy. Big special place in my heart for him. Uh, I believe Alexis Arquette has been in a couple of his movies. And I mean, the big ones are Kevin Nealon. He shows up for two seconds. And then we have, uh, I'm blanking on his name, but the guy from the, oh, oh man, <laughs> the, you know exactly what I'm talking about. He's in every movie. He's Grandma's Boy, Little Nicky, Peter, Peter Dante is who I was thinking of. The, oh, that's wicked, man. Oh, he's so fucking drunk, dude. Uh, he's been pretty much every Adam Sandler movie. Like if you click on him, it's all Adam Sandler movies uh, here on Letterboxd. But I mean, we we love him. Uh, we we we're, we're Peter Dante fans over here. Uh, Steve Buscemi, of course. John Lovitz. There was even a moment when he was talking to that one table. I saw this like bald guy with glasses. I was like, is that Brian Poussein? And now that I have Letterboxd pulled up, I was like, holy shit, this, that was that was Brian Poussein. So I guess I was right. Uh, <laughs> but yeah, John Lovitz, really, really good little cameo in this movie. Steve Buscemi, I think, is of the Adam Sandler crew, one of the weirdly more interesting ones because he's had such a career besides being in Adam Sandler movies, and he's obviously an amazing actor. But then he'll just show up in Adam Sandler movies and be like super weird. I I would love. Uh, to just, I don't even have, they don't have to talk to me. I could just be at the table. I'd love to sit and listen to Steve Buscemi talk to Adam Sandler. Cause I just, I want to know what their relationship is like. <laughs> and I don't know enough about Buscemi's career to know if being in Sandler movies was what got him his start or not, or if they've just been pals for so long that they just are in each other's movies a lot. Yes. Adam Sandler's not really in Steve Buscemi's movies. Steve Buscemi just shows up in Adam Sandler's movies. 
growing up, I think uh, Mr. Deeds was probably the really big one that Steve Buscemi plays a pretty insane character in that one. I, I always remember French fries and Oreo pizza. It just, it has carved a little niche out in my brain and it will live there forever. Unfortunately, it, it, you can't really choose what you remember, I think. Uh, and French fries and Oreo pizza from Mr. Deeds is unfortunately a core memory for me. <laughs> I'll have to like try it someday and put it to bed. <laughs> but yeah, we're rambling a little bit. The Wedding Singer, I knew it was like not one of his like screwball comedies. It's obviously, it's a little broad. It's a little silly, but it, it's definitely a little more dramatic than the stuff I was used to from him at the time. And maybe that's why it wasn't in rotation for me and just why I hadn't seen it all the way through. There's definitely scenes I've seen before. That is a terrible sentence, but it makes sense, I guess, if you speak English. <laughs> it's like I'd, I'd seen the scene where they kiss. I'd seen the somebody kill me, please scene. Uh, a couple others for sure. Uh, when she, when he walks up on her, looking at herself in the mirror, I, I somehow had knowledge of that one. But yeah, I, I definitely watching. I'm I'm glad I decided to do it for the show because. I, I definitely have not watched it from beginning to end. And so this is my first real, I sat down, I watched The Wedding Singer and it was a pleasant experience. And now we're going to talk about it. Uh, I kind of like the way this movie, just the, the arc of, of Adam Sandler's character, who's uh, named Robbie Hart in the movie, because it just opens with him being, because I, I remember thinking, even as I was watching the movie, I was like, where do you go with this character? He's just like awesome and really nice. And I kind of had a moment where I thought, oh, well, he's just going to get really sad and twisted. Like, we know where this goes. But it actually kind of works because he's just like such a good guy to start off with. He's he's, he's a wedding singer, uh, hence the title. And we see him singing. And I think they open with you spin me right round like a record. Literally, my first thought was, damn, you know what? Adam Sandler actually can sing. And I know he's been singing his entire life. He's uh, it's time for Hanukkah. Grab your harmonica. But in this movie, he's like actually singing real songs and he's doing a pretty good job. He's not the most amazing singer I've ever heard, but he's good. And I enjoyed it. And you see him rocking out. He's doing call outs. He's just doing wedding singer shit. I mean, maybe that's part of what it, why they wanted to set the movie a little bit in the past because I think the more technology has evolved, there definitely was moments where I was like, did they even. Do people even hire singers for weddings anymore? So maybe that was way more of an 80s thing. And maybe that's part of, you know, what was influencing the, the t time that they said it in. There's even a moment where Glenn's like, I got a CD player and blah, blah, blah. So maybe there's that. But he's he's doing a great job rocking out with the people. They're, they're loving it. And he's also kind of acting as the host of the wedding, too. He calls for the best man speech, which is Steve Buscemi, who is just drunk and angry and starts ranting at the groom and the father and Sandler cuts in very, that's where I'm looking for tactfully and gives a little speech about falling in love and sort of smooths things over. And everyone's like, yeah, this guy rules. And he sees Drew Barrymore for the first time. She's playing a character called Julia, Julia, Julia Sullivan, Julia Sullivan. I don't know what the fuck I'm doing. Because uh, I remember there's a moment where they make a big deal out of what her last name is going to be. And I was like, do we even know what her current last name is? Uh, and then she says it later. Uh, <laughs> but we, we meet her. She's a waitress at this wedding. And uh, Adam Sandler's Robbie's pal who I believe is, it is Alan Covert. His name's Sammy in the movie. He's sort of eyeing Julie up like, oh, I'm going to get with her. We're going to, we're just doing a lot of establishing stuff here. Robbie's a really good guy. Julia's like the sweet, innocent new waiter. Uh, I think she's either sisters or cousins with this gal, Holly, who's played by Christine Taylor, who we'll get into her character later. Justice for Holly. That's one of my notes, <laughs> but uh, it's basically, we're just, we're setting all our pieces on the board here. Julia is really cool and, and pretty and innocent and nice. Robbie helps this kid outside to help him puke because he drank too much. And him and Julia have this like little conversation, just immediate chemistry. I like the way this movie looks. It's just one of those movies where, yeah, they were still making movies on film and it just looks good. Everybody knows what they're doing. 
really good use of eye lights in this movie, I noticed. Uh, the director, he's pretty much only mostly done Adam Sandler movies and stuff. His name's Frank uh, Karachi, I believe, is how you say that. I don't know for sure, though. Uh, but my man loves him some eye light, and I think it really works for... There's just a lot of scenes where characters are making moon eyes at each other, and the lights in their eyes really make everything pop. I know I'm being like really technical and specific, but I mean, if you watch the movie, watch how every single scene, Ab Sandler's eyes have this like little light in them. That's like, it's something you do where you, you put light at just the right angle so that it's hitting their eyes. So then when you have the camera pointed at them, it just makes people's eyes pop a lot more. And just Adam Sandler, in addition to being really good at yelling is definitely one of the better look at you with his big old eyes, uh, longingly, type actors too especially he just he's really good at it and, and drew barrymore is pretty good at it too so you just have these longing scenes where they're just staring at each other and, and it and it works and they just have immediate chemistry they're getting along but we find out that robbie's literally about to get married and julia's with a guy but he seems to be kind of not interested in actually marrying her and she's kind of upset about it but so we we, we meet our two main characters they have a spark but they're both sort of on different paths oh no what will happen with our intrepid would-be lovers <laughs> we get a little bit more of robbie just being like the best guy ever he's teaching this older lady uh, how to sing she she wants to sing the song to her husband they're having like a 50-year anniversary party so she's been having robbie get her prepared to sing a song to him it's really sweet she's super great uh, it, just like funny older lady stuff where she's sort of bumbling around hustling. She pays him in meatballs and he's just super sweet about it. You're just like, it's just, I don't know. There's a, there's a phrase in writing called save the cat. There's a really famous book called save the cat. And I've actually never read it. I, I've always thought I should read it for posterity, even though some people say it's like, just, it's not good. And it teaches all the wrong lessons, but there's a thought that, if you want the audience to like a character, you have a cat stuck in a tree. Our main character saves it. We love him now. He's he saved a little cute innocent kitty. But it's a, it's a, it's sort of a phrase that can apply to all things. And so we're just watching Robbie. He saves this wedding. He helps this kid out be discreet, even though he's drunk, and saves his butt. We see him helping this little old lady who's super sweet, and even though she's kind of kooky, he just takes it all in stride. We fucking we love Robbie. It's it, and Adam Sandler's so charming. We don't even necessarily need all of this setup for just how nice and awesome he is, but it doesn't really matter because it's it's still funny too. And he's just so effortlessly charming that you could just watch him do anything; it, it works fine. But it, it's it's time he's he's going to get married to this woman named Linda, who we haven't even met yet in the movie, which is kind of an interesting choice. He's standing at the altar, and then I believe it's his mom or somebody comes up and she's like um linda's mom called she's not coming so adam sandler's been left at the altar he goes inside this little i don't even know what to call it like a hut or a tiny pavilion and he's like everything's gonna be okay and he just grabs me he's like fuck no and like slams it uh so we <laughs> big big dark turn here where uh robbie's entering his his emo period <laughs> i do have a note here i realized i jumped over it there's a scene with julia and her mom when she's dropping julia off at like robbie's wedding or something like that i just have a note that's like julia mom lunatic it's a really good short little scene to sort of establish that julia's mom is not the greatest mom she doesn't have the greatest priorities for her daughter she's kind of pressuring julia like why aren't you getting married you're pretty you should be married and just the priorities are not all there so we just get a little insight into julia's life and how her mom puts pressure on her it's a nice little scene i just uh, and the mom the, the woman playing the mom is doing a great job just being that character you know <laughs> and it'll factor in a little bit later too but yeah robbie gets stood up and he's kind of moping sammy comes and talks to him they have like a funny scene where sammy's like in bed like hmm what do you use to wash your sheets and, and stuff? But he convinces Robbie to go back to work. And so we just sort of smash cut to this other wedding that Robbie's 
singing at he just looks the the makeup department uh, uh gets gets some kudos here he just looks so strung out and fucked up and he's just singing horribly and everybody the way is just upset because this drunk madman is hijacking it the father keeps yelling at him and he's like hey i have the mic you have to listen to me uh, i'm gonna rant about how love is awful and he uh, i will say there's uh one one thing about this movie i'm not gonna dwell on it but there's little bits and pieces that i'm like yeah this didn't age super well and i'm not even talking about like oh political correctness or wokeness or anything like that it's more just the type the there's little bits of humor that it's like there's a guy there's like a heavy set guy at a table he's like hey this guy he's he's fat he wants to eat a bunch of cake so we better get moving on that and the guy's kind of mm, i guess or whatever it's just like it doesn't that kind of humor doesn't hit there's some the table that brian Hussein's at there's some like year looking people he's like they're not going to find love and there's like a woman that has sideburns i don't know there's like these weird visual gags that just they're very funny uh, and again i'm not even talking like oh it's just so inappropriate or whatever it's, it's more just like yeah the humor just doesn't really work that much anymore uh the one of the not a lot of terrible wouldn't even call it terrible, but just one of the weaker parts of the movie for sure. I'll also touch on this really briefly while I'm in this little groove here. There's a character in the movie that is played by Alexis Arquette named George, who's sort of meant to be like a boy George impersonator. And some of that humor doesn't really hold up very well. I don't know a lot about Alexis Arquette. I was trying to do like a modicum of research before I jumped into this, and I just I didn't really see anything super conclusive. They passed away a little while back, and it was, seemed really sad. And they're part of the very famous Arquette family. David Arquette and Patricia Arquette are the siblings and stuff. So I have to do more research. It, it sounds like they had an interesting career, and they definitely had a very dynamic gender. And so I don't really know where that landed personally, and I don't know how to feel super much about some of the humor in this movie that's directed at them just because it's like uh, it's like oh man look at them aren't they kind of weird but there's not a lot of that humor thankfully uh, like most of the, the characters not in the movie that much and most of the humor just kind of comes from the fact that they only know one song and there, there's a great moment in the first wedding where they sing uh, do you really want to hurt me and then they end it and then there's a pause and then they start singing and the audience is just like ass off for the audience they're just like what the fuck it's it's, it's a pretty good moment uh, so that, that's like the main joke with that character but there's just a couple moments where it just cuts to them and i'm like what's the joke supposed to be here that they look weird or i don't know but not not gonna dwell on it a lot george isn't really in the movie that much uh george seems to be pretty musically talented there's a moment where they play like a clarinet and then immediately switch to a trumpet and it sounds pretty damn good. So I don't know. Apparently they were in another movie later that Adam Sandler and Drew Barrymore did uh, blended, which is, I guess is one that I haven't really seen, I've seen bits and pieces of it. I know what the premise is. It seems to be multiple movies where a woman just has to pretend to be with Adam Sandler for some reason. <laughs> and then they fall in love. Go figure. Uh, but yeah, so I don't know. Just my little weird side tangent about George and Alexis Arquette. I don't have much to say. Could have been a lot worse. Could be a tiny bit better. I don't know. Doesn't really factor in the movie that much, actually. Uh, there is a moment where they cut to George and they're crying at the wedding. It's it's just so immediate because you saw them like two seconds ago and then all of a sudden their makeup's just fucking running down their face. And you're just like, what? Uh, but yeah, also they play the piano for the old lady when she sings at the 50th anniversary. So yeah, fucking George rules. Uh, but yeah, so Rob, Robbie's not doing well and he's being mean to everybody at the party. And then he sings love stinks, which is really, it's a, it's a good little moment. Just love stinks, love hurts. And, uh, uh, I don't think that's the song he's singing. I don't fucking know. Uh, boy, but it makes like the people join in. He's holding the mic out to all the people he made fun of. Uh, he's obviously upset. He was left by Linda. And I can't even remember because I, I don't have a note here when there there is a moment. I think it's like right after the wedding, he goes home and Linda is there 
and she's just basically like, you're a loser wedding singer. I don't really like you anymore. I'm leaving. And he's like, well, that fucking sucks. Uh, it's, it's where the, we get our first, like he, he, he does the big no at the wedding, but this scene's where he's just like, that would have been good information to know yesterday. Uh, but she, yeah, she bails Linda. Uh, not a lot of character development for Linda just seems like kind of a shitty person. Um, so that's that's that she'll show up later in the movie to wreck our character's plans for a moment and then leave immediately <laughs> uh but yeah so he's singing the song he gets punched out by the dad of the that paid for the wedding he ends up in the dumpster him and julia have like a little conversation she's she obviously feels really sorry for him i do like you know because these two characters they fall in love and fall for each other but there's moments early in the movie where they do just genuinely seem to be friends and it's very much a case of just two nice people being like you're a nice person i know you are and the other one's like you're a nice person i know you are they kind of have each other's backs a little bit it's really pleasant it it wouldn't be the worst thing in the world to see a movie where uh, a, a guy and a girl just could be friends like this and it doesn't just end with oh you know what actually i've got feelings for you i love you uh, there, there's moments in this movie where I was like, I just like them being friends. It's nice, uh, but it's a love story and it's fine. Uh, but the, just like when she sees him in the dumpster, you just drew Barrymore. She, I mean, uh, guys might be a revelation. Good actor. <laughs> uh, but I mean, she just, she seems so concerned and upset for him and it's really endearing. It, it's her sort of save the cat moment where she just seems very, it's not because she likes him like that it's just she's a person who sees another human being hurting and she feels for him and she's like well you know i'm getting married and you said you would sing at my wedding because i want you to sing she's just trying to give him anything to like get up and be a little more chipper and he's just so down and she's just like man i feel so bad and you see it on her face it's really good Uh, they're both just yeah like like almost everybody in this movie is pretty much firing on all cylinders the grandma's great uh, Adam Sandler and Drew Barrymore are fucking great. Christine Taylor, she's awesome. The guy playing Glenn, he's a douchebag, but I mean, he's doing it well. Uh, a- Adam uh, Convert, or how the fuck you say his name? Uh, Alan Covert. <laughs> wow, I really fucked that. Uh, Alan Covert, he does a good job in his role. Even Billy Idol is not doing a bad job in the movie. Everybody's Everybody's pretty good. Everybody's pretty good in the movie, I would say. but yeah so yeah she just feels bad for him but we kind of just fast forward she invites him to her engagement party and he shows up we get like some gags with sammy's wearing like a michael jackson jacket and glove and stuff he's just there's not a lot with sammy's character in the movie but his game is kind of oh i'm like a ladies man i love hitting on chicks and blah 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 but you know he's like a loser but he's not like a he could have been a lot skeevier and he's not. So there's that, which is nice. Uh, he just, he just seems like a guy who just doesn't really, he never really grew up, but he's like a pretty good friend to, to Robbie too. Like he literally he's there for him, even though he's going through his down and out period. And, and they, yeah, like they work together, but they're, they're good pals. They have, they have good chemistry. Like I said, everyone has good chemistry with Adam Sandler, go figure, <laughs> but they go to this engagement party this is where we first meet Glenn, I believe. And we just, it's, it's immediately apparent that Glenn sucks. He's awful. We immediately know he's not right for Julia, but she's just kind of like, uh, I guess maybe this isn't the first time we see Glenn. Cause we see him sort of half acidly propose to her earlier. Cause he gives her like these tickets. He's like, Las Vegas, let's get married. She's like, uh, I don't know. I kind of, he's like, you know what? Let's just get married here. It's what you want. He just, he sucks. Like I just, just red flags waving all over the place. This man is awful, but Julia is a nice woman who wants to believe the best in people. And so that's just kind of what <laughs> she's, she got in this relationship with this guy. Turns out he sucks too bad. <laughs> uh, but he's kind of like, yeah, you, you sh- if I don't want to leave you, I guess I gotta say I'll marry you, which I mean, his, character when you when you really track it doesn't make a ton of sense it's very like classic oh i'm a cheating rich ash hole ash hole <laughs> I'm, a, I'm a cheating rich asshole 
and but I was like, oh, I got a woman, and I should probably marry her, and I'll just keep cheating on her. I don't know. Like, is it one of those things where it's like it's more pathetic if he's single, so he just is married, but he wants to still get with women on the side? Like, I don't know what the game is there. You would just think any rational human being that had a lot of money and was doing well for themselves and seems to have no trouble picking up women would just be like, you know what? I should be single, but he just isn't. And I don't know. We don't really dive into Glenn and Julia's relationship that deeply. Uh, I mean, it's a pretty brisk 90 minute movie and there's, it's, it's a pretty broad film too. So there's a lot of room for just gags and silly stuff. So we're not doing a lot of character work in the film, but yeah, it's just, Glenn and Julia's relationship could definitely use a lot of examination, but we as the audience just see him pushing the wedding off on her. He's like, oh, I'm not really good at that stuff. Whatever, you take care of it. And she's like, oh, okay. Uh, engagement party. He's like shit-faced and broing out with his buddy, kind of picking on people and stuff. He just And she's just kind of like, ha-ha. Uh, but, but again, we get some more chemistry with Robbie and Julia. Robbie kind of throw Robbie kind of... <laughs> throws Sammy under the bus by being like, oh yeah, he was going to like hit on you. And she's like, what? And he's like, oh, fuck you, man. And leaves. And then they kind of talk for a bit. It's just, yeah, they, they you could just tell they get along really well. <laughs> they, they have good chemistry. Go figure. He gives her like a little suggestion on where to get some flowers, which will play in later. But he's kind of vowed not to do weddings anymore. So we cut to a bar mitzvah. And lots of bar mitzvah stuff. I'm not going to dwell on this scene too much. Uh, there's a scene where there's a sort of a huskier kid. He helps him out by having Julia dance with him to make him look cool. There's a lot of children putting hands on adults' butts that I don't think his age is super well, but we're not going to dwell on that. It was just meant to be funny, but it was a little weird. Uh, <laughs> but hey, it is what it is. And, uh, but yeah, so they like Julia and Robbie have this like good moment. And they're cleaning up afterwards, and she's like, I could really use somebody to help me out with the wedding that I'm planning. And Robbie's like, that's cool, but not me. And she's like, ah, but yes, you, please. And he's like, ah, damn, I guess I'm helping you with the wedding. <laughs> so, yeah, he's, he's he decides to help her with the wedding. We get some montage stuff there. We get that scene, like I said, with the lady who's like, all these couples that are going to work out, I believe. Donald Trump and his first wife are one of the people that are mentioned. So shout out to that fucking, yeah, I'm not, you know what? Not going down that road. <laughs> God, I just really don't like Donald Trump. Though. <laughs> uh, it's just so funny when you're reminded that he's been someone that people have paid attention to for so long. And it's just like, why? But why though? <laughs> but yeah. He gets her a decent price with what seems to be like a photographer or something. We get a scene where they're trying out a wedding singer, ironically, for her wedding, because Robbie doesn't want to do it because he doesn't do weddings anymore. And so we get our John Lovitz cameo here. He's super weird and creepy and kind of shitty at singing. Uh, <laughs> and, I mean, it's it's good shit. It's, it's classic John Lovitz stuff. Uh, and he goes up to Robbie. He's like, Hey, thanks for not doing weddings anymore. I'm do getting all of your business. And Julia's like, fuck you. I'm going to hire a DJ. And this is also where we get the somebody kill me, please song. It's, it's just really good. It's a classic scene from the movie. He's like, you don't know how much I need you. And then he's like, I, I, I wrote part of this when I was with Linda and part of this after she broke up with me. And so we get the, <gasps> I'm not going to break you guys' eardrums. The Somebody Kill Me Please song. It's good. <laughs> and we get another little brief bit with John Lovitz where he pulls the curtain aside. He's like, he's losing his mind. And I'm reaping all the benefits. And he just closes it. And it's only in the movie because you know everybody thought it was really funny. And you know what? It was pretty funny. I laughed. So Julia kindly says, I like the song. I mean, I like the song too. I would, I would kind of listen to Somebody Kill Me Please. It's kind of a banger. Uh, I feel like it's, it's, I don't know how somebody kill me, please. Isn't like a anthem for my generation, to be honest with you guys. It's pretty appropriate. Uh, we get some montaging of them doing wedding stuff. They're getting along really well. They have great chemistry. Of course we get like what it ends up being is great. 
But we get this scene where Holly and Julia are arguing about what the kiss should be at the wedding. Holly's kind of pitching a more open mouth make out sesh and Julia's sort of pitching no I want it to be nice and blah 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 Robbie stumbles in with her jacket because she left it in a limo because they were also trying Sammy out as a limo driver side note uh, doesn't really matter but Holly's like hey you know what Julia if you want to pitch this kiss you should just like show me on Robbie how you think it should be just sort of show me it's like a very weird setup and later in the movie the only like the only reason something like this should happen is if holly is kind of trying to hook julia and robbie up or there's something weird going on but she just seems to be like genuinely oh i just don't know what you mean by kiss why don't you just kiss robbie since he's here and it's 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 a very weird setup for a good payoff of robbie and julia kissing for the first time it's super passionate well shot the music swells holly's pretty blown away by it she's like oh you should do that at the wedding that was great and you're like holy shit robbie and julia they really feel each other uh this is they they this is they're meant to be but then glenn walks in and ruins it all uh pretty brutal moment where adam sandler <laughs> i've been calling him robbie the whole movie but i just reverted to adam sandler <laughs> robbie's like I-, I kissed her but it didn't mean anything and glenn's like who'd you kiss holly's like me He's like, well, who hasn't? I was like, fuck you, Glenn. Fuck you. Justice for Holly. That's not my note yet, but justice for Holly. I love Holly. <laughs> I'm in love with Holly, guys. Uh, but yeah, fuck you, Glenn. Uh, you just you just see Glenn being kind of a piece of shit. And then we see Julia talking to Holly. And Holly's like, you know what? Robbie's actually kind of cool. Maybe I should date him. And Julia's like, ugh. I don't like that. And Holly's like, what do you mean? Do you not want me to? And Julia's like, nothing i can verbalize because that would be weird so have at it and holly's like cool double date y'all uh so we get a double date (laughs) there's a podcast i really like it's literally sort of the show that i base some of my format of this show on called action boys and one of the hosts stanger i always think about this moment he he describes like being a younger kid watching films and as a boy i you would watch movies where your male protagonist would be presented with this chance to get with a woman and maybe sometimes for story reasons they wouldn't or something would happen and you would just like want to put your face in a pillow and start screaming like why wouldn't you get with her she's right there she's so hot uh it's when you're like a young frustrated adolescent who just is is like there's it's just puberty it's puberty stuff but I was feeling that as a 32-year-old man watching this movie, watching Holly just absolutely throw herself at Robbie, this gorgeous woman dressed as Madonna, mind you, just throwing herself at this guy, and he's, like, not giving her the time of day, and I'm just like, oh my god, like, I just, I'm losing my mind right now, because Holly is so hot and awesome, and Robbie just is having none of it, so they're at this double date, and she's like, uh, she is a little aggressive though. Like I don't know, I don't know how I would deal with someone like kept weirdly fingering my face and stuff like that. So uh, you know, it's a, it's a little bit much. But uh, Holly is great. I love Holly. This is around where my justice for Holly note comes in. But I just like uh, I'm not gonna go. I'm not gonna spend a ton ton time on Holly. That's ridiculous. But it's just like she's she doesn't even do anything. You, you almost expect something to happen with her where she does something kind of bitchy or shitty, but no, she's just genuinely a good friend and a genuinely good person who everyone's like, Oh, she sleeps around. She's a slut or whatever. Uh, they're just like, Oh man, she likes to, you know, do stuff. What, what an awful person. Like nothing the movie really paints her out to be that, but it's just like, I don't know. It's again, a little, little, little piece that hasn't aged super great, but they're on a double date. Julia is like getting shit faced, even though she doesn't normally do that because she's very confused about how she feels. Robbie is again, he's also, I mean, it's just like Julia and Robbie are in love with each other and they both are dealing with that, even though they can't verbalize it because they're in weird situations and she gets drunk, needs to be taken to the bathroom. Robbie spends some time with Glenn and we just get to fully see that Glenn is a huge piece of shit who 
openly admits that he's just cheating on Julia left and right. And he's like, I don't give a fuck. She wants to get married. I guess I'll get married. Not ready to break up with her, whatever. But I'm still going to just keep sleeping with people. And Robbie's like, oh, cool. You're like an awful person. Awesome. And so he's kind of dealing with that information. He helps Julia out to the car. They get like a sweet little moment together. And he just kind of lets her get in the car with shitty Glenn. Glenn drives off. Holly's with Robbie. And again, justice for Holly. Holly's trying her best to reel in Robbie, uh, who seems to be a genuinely decent person, even though he's got a little bit of rage bubbling underneath and he's kind of a loser. <laughs> but hey, he's he's a free spirit. We love him. Uh, but she kisses him and then she just kind of realizes like, oh, you're just like super head over heels for Julia. It's just like, you know, like I feel like a worse movie would have had her still push for or, or just like she takes in that information and just goes, okay. Okay, you know what? You you love her. And she just kind of leaves. Even though she literally was like, hey, if you come upstairs, we are boning down. And Robbie's like, I've never had someone say that to me. And again, the adolescent stanger child in me was like, go upstairs. Oh, what are you doing? Even if you're in love with Julia, just like, I mean, she's come on. Uh, but, you know, Robbie's a sweet guy who has feelings and stuff. Uh, but it's again, like props to Holly. She's just kind of like, oh, you love Julia, huh? Interesting. Let's call it a night. And so, Holly's great. I love Holly. Uh, like it's sort of hinted at that her and Sammy might at the end of the movie get together. I'm like, I don't know. I don't think Sammy's good enough for Holly, but Hey, maybe he'll be a better guy with her so we can root for that. <laughs> uh, but yeah, uh, she, she says like something to Robbie that really sticks with him. Holly does. I guess this is like her one mildly shitty moment in the movie where she's just like, well, you know, she's marrying Glenn because he's rich and it's it's security. Like, you just want to feel safe. And Robbie, Robbie really takes that to heart. And he's like, fuck it. I'm going to quit singing. I'm, I'm going to go get a job at a bank with Kevin Nealon, but doesn't go very well. <laughs> Kevin Nealon, everyone, right? You've seen him in a million things. Uh, the interview is pretty funny. Robbie's just like, I want to impress a girl. Uh, I'll, like, give you singing lessons. Just give me a business card. Kevin Nealon's just like, get the fuck out of here. Uh, but in the meantime... <laughs> Julia, I think, has sort of realized that she likes Robbie and she goes to visit him. She's got these sheets of music that she's made for him to sort of like support the fact that he wants to be a songwriter and stuff. And he just kind of he's bitter because he wants her, but feels like he can't have her. So he kind of lashes out. He's like, you just want you're marrying him for money or whatever. And she's like, that's not she throws the papers and he like sees the papers on the ground. He's like, she was trying to give me a gift. I'm an asshole. Uh, there's like bits where these kids pop up occasionally in the movie. Uh, I will say as far as I said, I was praising the acting, like the child actors in this movie are fucking terrible, but thankfully they're very limited in the film and it doesn't impact it too much. Uh, but yeah, this kid's like, you are going to the mental bin. It's just one of those things where some of the humor didn't quite age. Maybe it was funny at the time. Maybe it wasn't. So it's like I said, it's a pretty broad mass appeal type movie. So not every joke is going to be super clever just going to be a kid sort of being like, Ooh, you're weird. And that's the joke, <laughs> but Hey, you know, whatever. But he goes to the bar. He's drunk. He's talking to Sammy. He's just like, yeah, I'm going to be like you. I'm going to be a free spirit. I'm just going to get with chicks and uh, I'll pay for the cab. Cause I'd feel bad, but you know, we're just going to be free. And Sammy's like, look, man, I'm not fucking happy. What do you, what do you want from me? He's like, go get your girl. And Robbie's kind of like, fuck it. I will. So he starts marching to her house. Meanwhile, Julia is having extreme second thoughts about marrying Glenn. She's unfortunately confiding in her kind of shitty mom, who's just basically like, oh, it's just wedding jitters. You just, Glenn's great. Uh, just you're going to get with Glenn. Don't think about Robbie. He sucks and leaves. And I, I, I seem to have seen this scene before. Or seen the scene. I just keep saying that, don't I? I? I remember it where she's talking in the mirror and she's saying her name. And then it's it's like it. In a very predictable movie, this is still a very predictable moment, but it's just a really, this is like iconic, classic, dramatic irony here where she's looking in the mirror, crying, I'm Julia Gulia, which is just like, I mean, uh, stroke of genius there. That's that's a great <laughs> Julia Gulia. It's just, it's so awful. Uh, but she starts saying, I'm Mrs. Robbie Hart. I'm Mrs. Julia Hart. And she's smiling and of course, right when Robbie walks up, he sees her smiling. Oh no, she's happy about the wedding. I need to leave her alone. Uh, but she's only happy because she's thinking about him. But he takes it wrong. 
So he leaves and it's like only if he had just walked up, could have literally ended the movie right here, but there's like 30 more minutes left. So again, a little, a little rough or whatever. He goes back to the bar. He's drinking with his pals. He runs into Glenn. Who's just literally got women hanging off of him. I, I kind of remember this scene too, where he's just like, I haven't been in a fight since fifth grade, but I kicked his ass and I'm going to kick yours. Uh, Glenn punches him out. He's like, Hey, how about you write a song about this? Uh, I just got punched out. Uh, it's like, it's really bad. For some reason, all of his friends laugh at his jokes. Glenn sucks. Uh, we just Glenn continues to suck and be a complete one-dimensional character. Uh, again, makes the movie. It's just it's, it's classic rom-com stuff, but would be interesting if Glenn had a little more going on. Uh, but if he did, then we couldn't just hate him and root against him. So we don't. <laughs> but yeah, so uh, Robbie goes home with his bloody nose. Linda's back. He's drunk and passes out, so she takes care of him. Julia comes over the next day because she's had this realization, like, I love Robbie. But, of course, Linda answers the door in her underwear, and she's like, I'm back with Robbie. Later, bitch. And Julia's like, fuck. He, she, Linda's back. I'm being stupid. Goes to Glenn. She's like, let's go to Las Vegas and get married. Fuck the wedding. Even though she probably s- presumably sunk thousands of dollars into prepping the wedding. But, hey, who gives a shit? Uh, they're going to fly to Las Vegas. Robbie wakes up, Linda's in his bed, and he's like, what the fuck are you here? And she's like, I want to get back with you. He's like, ah, no, you fucking psycho. Get the fuck out of here. It makes a Van Halen joke, another, like, ooh, they break up later. How funny. This is the 80s, right, guys? I don't know. It's, it's kind of dumb. Uh, but he, he, he kicks Linda out. He's like, what the fuck? We get the big payoff of Rose singing her 50th anniversary. It's really sweet. Her husband looks happy. Of course, Robbie's watching, and he's like, oh, my God, I want to... Because there's a line that Julia says early in the movie where she's just talking about, I just always pictured someone I could grow old with. And so he's thinking about that. He goes up to Rose. He's like, you did great. I got to go. She's like, I know. Just do some real classic, weird, broad comedy shit. She says, starts singing like the Humpty Dance or fucking something or the, I said the hip, the hop, the hip, hip, or whatever she starts singing. It, it's like, yeah, I bet that was funny back in the day, maybe, but it's fine. It didn't bother me. <laughs> but Robbie's rushing to the airport. Again, justice for Holly. Holly shows up because uh, Robbie wasn't rushing to the airport. He was going to rush to her house because the wedding's not till tomorrow. But Holly shows up and she's like, hey, Julia's fucking flying with Glenn to Las Vegas to go get married. And I know this isn't good because she, she knows the whole story where she showed up to talk to you. But Linda was there and Robbie's like, fuck. Holly's like, I got you back. And Sammy's like, I'm driving. So they're rushing. They go to the airport. This is some classic like 90s airport shit. A shout out to my pre nine eleven people. Uh, Flock of Seagulls uh, flight uh, concierge desk guy. Don't know why it's in the movie. Maybe it's an 80s joke. I don't know. It's whatever. Weirdly memorable because the haircut is so insane. Uh, but yeah, basically, Robbie buys a first class ticket because it's the only thing available to Las Vegas. Uses Sammy's credit card to pay it. This is like the one moment we could have Holly being like, oh, that's kind of nice. And Sammy's like, I mean, I don't know. Uh, but so Robbie goes and gets on the plane. We get, we get some weird, just some weird gags here where early in the movie, Robbie was talking about how Linda wouldn't do little things for him. Like when they were flying to the Grand Canyon, she didn't let him have the window seat. And so we get Julia asking Glenn if she can have the window seat. And he's like, ah, oh, my elbows and your arms are so small. So you you keep the aisle or whatever. And she's kind of like, I remember, I remember the Sam watched this movie like less than an hour ago, uh, but <laughs> it's one of those moments where Glenn gets one last chance to not be a piece of shit. And he just continues to be a piece of shit. Go figure. Uh, but Robbie's in first class. We get a couple gags of him not knowing what a hot towel is. I don't know why this necessarily needs to be in the movie, but uh, he's in first class with Billy Idol, who we saw earlier in the movie because he was singing White Wedding. But he basically starts telling the story like, I'm trying to get to Las Vegas. I'm in love with this woman and she's going to marry this bad guy. Everyone in first class, including Billy Idol, is wrapped with attention by the end of his story. Billy Idol, again, uh, he's doing a pretty good job. I, I liked his acting. He wasn't bad. He's not great. I don't know if he could give us anything too dramatic, but he delivers his lines fine. Uh, you know, great looking, interesting guy. Uh, but they're basically like, you got to, you, you're going to do it, Robbie. We're rooting for you. And then this flight attendant comes in and she's like, God, this guy like asked if he want, I wanted to fuck him. What a piece of shit. And she says a line that makes Robbie think, holy shit, is that Glenn? Peeks through the curtains. 
oh shit, there's Julia and Glenn right there. They're on the same fucking flight. He tells everybody, holy shit, they're there. They're like, well, you go, you go do something. Uh, so we get our big climax here where Billy Idol puts Robbie on the speaker and he starts singing the I want to grow old with you song. Julia seems to immediately recognize who's singing. Robbie emerges from the curtains singing this like, I want to grow old with you. I'm butchering. I wasn't even like on tune at all. I'm so sorry. Uh, but uh, hey, you know, uh, cards on the table. I start crying at this moment. Uh, I don't know if it's because I saw him sing it in the stand-up special that he did recently. And so I have some emotional attachment to there. If you guys haven't seen his like 100% fresh or whatever the hell it's called special. It, it's fucking good. He's he's a decent stand-up comedian and the songs are good. He sings a tribute to Chris Farley and he closes the show out with this song with a tribute to his wife. It's super sweet. Uh, the song's really nice. He's doing a good job singing it. Glenn tries to stop him but we get a lot of really goofy shit of the entire airplane being against glenn and shoving him in a bathroom so robbie can finish his song to julia they he finishes singing to her he's like i just i love you and she's like i love you and they're about to kiss billy idol interrupts it he's like hey you know that was a pretty good song i could probably hook you up with the record deal or whatever i was like all right man like let me kiss the girl and he's like oh yeah go ahead whatever mate uh and they kiss yay they're together we i think we smash cut from the kiss to their wedding they're getting married we love it uh robbie and julia ended up together they're perfect for each other even though we don't really know that much about their relationship other than they both love david bowie <laughs> but hey they have great chemistry we love them we're happy that they're together we get the like uh, <laughs> song which i think has been in like that's just like been in so many movies but hey it's fine it's classic uh and then hey we it's end, it's the end of the movie they, they're together yay our, our two lovers ended up together we're happy for them hooray it works out we wanted to see them get together and it worked out and then the final climax yes is on a plane it's like every 90s cliche ever rolled into one thing but hey it's adam sandler and drew barrymore so somehow it's still charming and we like it it's fine <laughs> it's good i'm happy they ended up together I teared up, I smiled, I laughed a lot. It's just a really, really pleasant viewing experience that I'm glad I finally got under my belt. And I think that takes us pretty smoothly into ratings. Uh, if you, <laughs> if this is your first episode you've ever listened to from me, God bless you. Uh, I have a grading curve on the show. In theory, I'm watching some of the greatest movies of all time. So what does that mean? It means I'm a little harsher on them than I normally am. I'd say I'm probably going to give this like a four out of five on Letterboxd. So for the show... I would say like a seven out of 10, um, but you know, I'm going to give it a 7.5 just cause it just emotionally got to me. I teared up. I laughed out loud a couple times. Just pleasant. Adam Sandler's so charismatic. Drew Barrymore and him have great chemistry. All the characters are good. Justice for Holly. We love Christine Taylor. We love her in Dodgeball. We love her in Zoolander. She's so good at being the love interest of absolute maniacs. Uh, and just, yeah. So, I mean, yeah, 7.5, I think, out of 10. That's fine, right? <laughs> it's fine. It's fine. Last but not least on the show, recommendations. Uh, let's just, like, rifle through some here. I'm a big Adam Sandler fan. If you haven't seen Happy Gilmore or Billy Madison, Billy Madison doesn't quite hold up as much, but Happy Gilmore, fucking classic. It's a good movie. Uh, see Uncut Gems. See the Meyerowitz stories. Uh, see please see punch drunk love i avoided it for years i didn't avoid it i just never got around to it because it wasn't a typical sandler comedy but now it's i mean it's my, probably my favorite paul thomas anderson movie it's pretty high up there i i fucking love punch drunk love it's so good uh, as far as drew barrymore goes i'm looking here uh, i forgot she was in batman forever <laughs> shout out to that movie she's just one of two faces henchmen but she's god she's so hot in that movie uh she's in whip it and i mean i love the movie whip it uh, I believe she directed it. Yeah, she sure did. Uh, does Whippet have anything to do with the wedding singer? Not really, but I love it. Uh, never been kissed. I thought about a lot during this movie just because it's exactly the era, even down to like the short hair and stuff. I don't know. I remember liking Never Been Kissed. I don't think it's like an amazing movie, but I mean, yeah. So I think that's fine. I mean, I'm not really blowing your minds here with any of these recommendations the wedding singer i mean it's like a good broad drama comedy rom-com i guess i guess grandma's boy 
there's a lot of people in this movie that are in Grandma's Boy, and it's kind of an underground uh, cult classic type of thing. Uh, it's a really stupid stoner comedy, but man, I, I do love me some Grandma's Boy. Uh, if you haven't seen Grandma's Boy, uh, it's it's the movie where Alan Covert got to be the lead, and he's good. He's, he's a good straight lead man. Uh, I mean, I don't know. Whatever. <laughs> Those are my recommendations. They're not super complicated, but hey, uh, I appreciate you guys listening to this. Uh, thank you so much. Seriously, the, those of you that tune into like the solo episodes, you're the ones that keep them coming. Because on the weeks where I just haven't wrangled, a, I mean, it's the holidays right now. It's like, I'm a, I just I can't really book people, even though I probably could <laughs> if I was more on the ball. But just like, I don't know, I guess at the point where every week I'm like, ah, do I just say, hey, no episode this week? And I just, I don't know. Those of you that listen to this stuff, I'm just like, no, I got to put something out dedication and plus i got to finally watch the wedding singer that's why i do the show uh, it's a great excuse to watch stuff for the first time I, I really enjoyed it and i enjoyed recording this episode i'm just not going to enjoy editing it in here in an hour because uh, it sucks editing sucks uh, but i really appreciate those of you that listen i guess so if you want go check out my youtube channel i just put out a video on my favorite films of 2021 uh, if you like my film recommendations, that video should be enlightening to you. I tried to keep it fairly short. It's like 20 minutes long, still a little longer than I would have liked it to be, but I don't know. I just, I get to talk and I get to rambling. You guys know, <laughs> but thank you so much for joining me. That's going to do it for me. Uh, I love you guys. Thanks for listening. And I will, as I unfortunately always say at the end of every episode, I'll catch y'all on the flip flop.